praise today. We thank God for the angel of this house. Can we celebrate the pastor of this house, Pastor Ted Chapman, and his lovely wife, Sister Monique Chapman. We bless God for them. Uh, my big brother now in the Lord, I bless God you were able to come uh, down to over to Bessemer, Alabama, back in March for our family and friends there. I don't know if any of y'all came, but my God, your pastor shook the house, and I said, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and we're looking forward to having him to come back down to Bessemer and to see what the Lord is going to do. But I am so grateful and humbled to be here at World Changes Empowerment Center this morning to minister a word to the people on today. Anybody ready for a word? Somebody shout word up. Hallelujah. It's time for the word. It's time for the word. I thank God for my pastor, Apostle Dr. Darren Nancy Curitan at Jehovah Shalom International Kingdom Ministries in Bessemer, Alabama, as they are going forth this morning in service. Uh, I don't see my family. They have made it uh, all the way to church this morning. There's a lot of things we got going on coming up within the next few months. And so I'm actually preparing to take a sabbatical after I leave it today to rest. Because uh, the Lord has got me on an assignment to travel uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So we just bless God for that. I thank God for my dad being here in the building. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I let go. I said, wait a minute. I see a face. I remember. <laughs> Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now for this awesome opportunity of fellowship. Lord, we pray now that our eyes will begin to see what it is that you want us to see in this place. Our ears begin to hear what it is that the Spirit is saying unto us to church today. Lord, let us be in more of you, Lord God. Get Xavius out of the way and allow them to see your Spirit speaking through me as a willing vessel to be used by you. God, I can't do this on my own. Lord, use me. I give myself over to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to look at the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. Verse 41 through 46. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 through 46. And we thank God for James 3. Yeah. Amen. Bless y'all. My God. I said, y'all gonna have me just scut a step. I said, I gotta be a little dignified a little bit. <laughs> amen. Amen. We bless God for the praise and worship and things that's gone for thus far and the service today. But I come on an assignment with a prophetic word to encourage the body of Christ and the world changes to go in a direction that the Lord has for you. And it says in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 through 46, reading from the King James Version. And Elijah said to Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the, top, to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down unto the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arise a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. 
And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. This morning, I want to come from the subject of I spy. I spy. You can have your seats this morning. I spy. My subtopic is, can you see what I see? Ask me, neighbor, can you see what I see? Hallelujah. We're going to work this thing today. Y'all work with me today. When I was growing up, we would we always play games. And when we'd get bored, we'd go play hide and seek, kickball, football, basketball, you know, things of that nature. Or hand games like shame, shame, shame. I don't want to go to Mexico and all that. We had coloring books when I was young. You know, nowadays they got tablets and iPhones and all this. You know, we had to go outside and go outdoors. And, but however, when we would take those long car trips, we get bored and we don't know what to do. We'll play a game called I Spy. It is a guessing game where the spy chooses an object within sight and announces to the other players who are playing that I spy with my little eye something that begins with or something that is the color of. Then the guesser would call out different items, objects, and things to see if they could find what the spy saw. I want to make five points that this game taught us a few lessons in life. And the first lesson was it taught us how to talk to people. Because nowadays people don't know how to talk to people. They talk to you in a kind of way, say any kind of thing, and treat you like you're a child and you know you're grown and pay bills. I hope I'm talking to somebody in the room. Just because they got a title or position, they want to talk to you in a kind of way, then use their authority. Oh, God. It helped us to talk to people. And the second thing it helped us to do, it taught us how to wait our turn. My God. Because sometimes we're so eager and want to move. And, and sometimes it's just wait, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Another thing it taught us was it was we learned how to cooperate and work with other people. Mm. Can we work together? Are we fighting each other, trying to compete with one another to see who can do the best thing? Oh, okay. <laughs> Y'all may never seen this stuff happen before. Even in families and even in the church, I've seen so much stuff go on. Number four, it talks up, it teaches us how to speak and how to understand language, and it helped us to build our vocabulary. We're riding down the road, and we're looking at names of different things, and parents are like, how do you know that word? It sounds so intimidated. <laughs> and the last thing it taught us, it was how to have fun and enjoy everything around you and being very observant of your surroundings. Now, y'all work with me here. I'm setting the stage up for you. So you have to be observant of your surroundings because even in this time and this season, as we're coming out of the pandemic and, and getting this new normal, they say, you have to watch the people that you're around. Before the pandemic, you had all these friends and all these folks, but after the pandemic, are they still around you? My Lord. So while playing this game, it would be very hard to guess what the spy sees. There were times where people would get frustrated because they cannot see what the other person can see. 
So they would either quit, they would give up, or they would get frustrated, or they don't even want to play anymore. But can I encourage someone, just because you cannot see it does not mean it is not there. Nor should you quit, or should you give up, but you ought to know. My God, I feel it right there. So just think, you may not have the capacity at the level that they're on to see what they can see because you see beyond what man can see. Well, what do you mean? Well, while other folks are seeing their bills and then you see God being Jehovah Jireh, your provider. While people see sickness and disease, you see Jehovah Rapha, our healer, working that thing out. While other people see calamity and things and destruction, you see Jehovah Shalom, our peace, nothing missing, nothing broken at work. While people see loneliness, you see Jehovah Shammah, that means that the Lord is there. Can you see what I see? So as we look in the text today, I want to make four points and get out of your way. Is that we look at verse 41. It says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of rain. Point number one I want to tell you is make preparations. Make preparations. Benjamin Franklin tells us, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Jesus. So, in other words, Elijah tells Ahab to get up. And I come to tell some people to get up. Begin to take care of yourself because your health is important. We have to get up out of some low places. We got to get up out of slothfulness. We got to get up out of laziness. Get up out of gossip and division. And sometimes some of us need to get out of some relationships because it's holding us back and it's holding us chained to, my God, I'm trying to take my time. But tell somebody, get up. Get up, get up, get up, get up. You gotta get up. You can't keep sitting there like a buckle on There's too much work to be done. You gotta get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up, get up, get up. There's something getting ready to happen, but you can't get through it laying down. And the next thing is, you gotta get ready for what's about to come. Elijah said to Ahab, you got to get up and eat and drink because there I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. Even as we read as the earlier part of this chapter, we know that that was a famine in the land. How in the world is it about the rain? And there hasn't been no rain for a good while. Jesus, can you see what I see? My next question is, are you ready for what's about to come, my God? Are you ready for what's about to come? We look at Romans chapter 13, verse 11. It says, besides this, since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. Because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. It's time to get up and stop sleeping on the job. Somebody say, get up. We got to make preparation. Proverbs 20 and 4 says that the slacker does not plow during planting season. So at harvest time, you look and there is nothing. You don't waste all this time. You said, Lord, I need you to do this and I don't need you to do that. And you ain't done nothing for him because you've been, I got this excuse, that excuse. I can't do this because of this. I don't believe because of this. I can't. Excuses. 
And some people are like Matthew 25, 1 to 13. The five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. They were ready to meet the groom, but the bridegroom, he was delayed. But when he came and showed up on the scene, the five of them that didn't have no oil in the, in the vessels, they was like, can you give us some? Lord have mercy. Somebody say, make preparation. Because you never know when he's going to come back. You always got to be ready. Will you be ready when he comes? And so then they begin to ask, and the others like, no, nah, you ain't getting none of my oil. You ain't getting none of my oil. And I want to say to somebody, you've been giving your oil to the wrong people. Jesus, I come to tell somebody, this is not the season to waste your oil on people who don't want to make preparations to meet the master. Jesus, I wish I'm preaching to a good room today. I can no longer waste my oil on people who don't want to make preparations and do the work that I have to do. I have to go through the question, you have to go through them and talk them out, and you don't even want to be talked about. But you want the oil, my God. You want, okay, 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 okay. So then they say, you know, go, go down and buy some oil. Can I make an announcement? You can't buy the oil. You can't buy the anointing. You have to go through to get the anointing. <laughs> you can't buy this thing here. Lord Jesus, people put a price on it and don't know the warfare that comes behind it. I'm trying to help the people today. And so Jesus, the bridegroom, has the five uh, wise virgins to come in and he shut the door in. The, the foolish virgins, they went to go buy some oil. And when they got their oil, they feel like, I got some oil now. But it wasn't their oil that they had to suffer again. It wasn't the oil that they made preparations with. And so Jesus, he says... Truly, I tell you, I don't even know you. This oil right here, where did it come from? You got that dollar two, dollar three oil. I don't know this oil right here. This didn't come from me. And some people be offering up stuff that just be stinking in the nostrils of God. But I want to hear in your praises as I can praise down on the inside that special sweet smelling savor to the nostrils of God. That when I praise him, he knows me by my name. Do anybody know the Father says he knows my name? He knows my name. So is there anybody that can lift their hands and let me prophesy this over you that no more will you do last minute stuff. Now, you will not get frustrated for the lack of preparation. You are on the top of your game. This is the last time we're going to catch you slipping. This is the last time you will see people put stuff together, stop it. You are a professional. You will submit projects and proposals before the deadline. You are not a slacker. You will not lack anything. You are prepared for anything and you're prepared for everything. You are the lender, not the buyer. You are above and not beneath. You are making for preparation to do what God has called you want to do. You are wise in your preparation. If you believe in somebody, shall glory. Somebody shall make preparations. Because you don't know the day nor the hour when the son of man shall come back. So I got to be prepared. And when he comes back, 
Because there's too many people talking about he's coming back June 15. The devil is like, how you know and Jesus don't know when he's coming back? Lord have mercy. Lord Jesus, how you know more than the Savior of the world? I'll make preparations. Point number two, point number two is in the text. I'm in the text, I promise you. I want to make the point of make time to pray. My God. Make time to pray. We look in verse 42 and 43. It says that so Ahab went up to eat and to drink. He went up to make preparations. He went up to take care of himself. As Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, the mountain, to begin to cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees to pray. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And Elijah began to pray seven times. So the question I'm going to pose is, what are you doing in the waiting for the manifestation to happen in your life? I may think somebody missed that point there. So Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and began to pray. And he began to pray. He was praying. And his servant said, I don't see nothing. He has to wait. And he has to continuously pray seven times. So what are you doing in the waiting for the manifestation to happen? Because we just read that. He said, I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. But I don't see no rain. What do you do when you don't see the prophecy coming forth? Some of us, we are impatient, we move too fast, we try to hurry God, or we try to be God. Oh my God. My God. So the servant goes back and forth on several occasions to see what the prophet said while he was in prayer. And he keeps saying, I don't see nothing. And I know some of us by now, we'll be frustrated, angry, and say, don't you see that over there? Y'all know how we do. It's right there in your face. You didn't see that. <laughs> you still stupid. You get on my nerves. You're my nerves. You can't see that, but I can see it. But can you see what I see? Oh my God! Let me let me teach this, and Lord Jesus. So. Despite of our inadequacies of our emotions, we see that Elijah, he did not, he didn't give up in praying. He didn't quit praying. He didn't leave the mountain frustration and say, well, Lord, I guess it wasn't you, Lord. I guess he's battling his mind between two different opinions. He didn't get frustrated. But he continues praying seven times. The number of perfection. And I want to prophesy to somebody in this room today that God is about to perfect some things in your life that you thought was all out of order and in chaos. Somebody shout perfection in here right now. God perfect that thing. Perfect that thing for me. We see that Elijah is pressing into God no matter how long it takes. He's going to get exactly what he needs and I wonder if there anybody like Genesis 32 and 26. Then he said to Jacob, let me go for a daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I want to say to anybody, I said, Lord, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here in prayer. I'm going to stay right here fasting and seeking your faith. Because I need something from you.
you, God, that nobody else can give to me. Is there anybody say, I won't let you know until you bless me. Lord, have mercy. I won't stop praying until I get the answer that I need from the Lord. And sometimes we think God is like little Caesar. Hot and ready in five minutes. God didn't answer him immediately because I heard the Bible say in Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord Jesus. He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God sometimes calls us to wait to see how we'll respond in the way. To see what you give up in the waiting. To see if you're going to throw in the towel in the waiting. To see if you're going to doubt him in the waiting. To see when you still trust him in the waiting. To see if you still keep your eyes on him in the waiting. He said you're going to be able to run and not grow weary. You're going to be able to walk in this hot sun and this summer heat and not faint. Glory to God. God makes us wait sometimes because people would treat God like a fast food restaurant. I need it in four minutes or less, my God. I'm a manager at a fast food restaurant, so I know that there's a four-minute time for me that we got to get your food out. <laughs> we got to cook your food, bag your food, fix your drinks, and get out and get your money in four minutes. Some people treat God like you're a fast food restaurant. And God said, I'm God. I'm the creator of heaven and earth. Who are you? I don't need you to do this, but I'm God. I'm omnipresent. Lord, have mercy. They would think that things can just happen whenever they want, but they live any kind of way. They do anything and they want and expect God to show up. And I remember the season saint said, he may not come when you want him to, but he's always on time. Is there anybody know he's always on time? So we see that Elijah prayed for the will of God, just like Jesus prayed. Not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. And I want to encourage a few of those who are in the room today that, uh, that are in the waiting, that you, are, you have prayed and asked God for some stuff. You are believing God for some stuff. You're fasting. And I want to tell you that Luke 18 and 1 says, Now Jesus was telling his disciples, telling his followers a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. So while you're waiting, don't give up and don't lose heart. Romans 12 and 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. So that means I gotta make sure I keep a posture of prayer. I can't give up because if I'm praying and I speak doubt and I begin to speak over my prayers, I just cancel out what I just prayed for. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. So point three, I want to point out in the text in verse 44 is say what you see or speak prophetically. As we look at verse 44, it says, and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there arise a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and say unto Ahab, prepare that chariot and get thee down and the rain stop thee not. We find in Mark 8, 22 and 25 that Jesus was presented a blind man who wanted him to touch him. 
He spit on his eyes and laying his hands on his eyes and asked him, do you see anything? What is it that you see? And he said, I see men, but I see them as trees. And Jesus said, hold up, wait a minute, you can't see in that realm right now. So he had to go back because the Bible said, people are like trees planted by the rivers of living waters. So he had to go touch his eyes again to make sure he could see a little clearer now. And the man looked intently and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. We have to say what we see. We find that God asked Jeremiah two times in Jeremiah chapter 1, what did you see? God wants to know, do you see what he see? The song said that when people all around only seem the worst in me, but God, you saw the best in me. Do you see what God sees? I don't see you as a worthless nobody, but I see you as God sees you. As we find in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 4, we find that the Lord places the prophet Ezekiel in a valley of dry bones. And the Lord is wanting him to see what's around him. And to begin to speak prophetically over what he sees. And this is what the Lord says to these bones. I will cause breath to breathe to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And I want to speak prophetically to anyone in this room who feels like dry bones today. I want to speak to your destiny and your purpose and say that you have something to live for. For I can see you in your future and you look much better than what you look right now. I want to tell somebody you shall live and not die and declare thus the works of the Lord. Is there anybody that says I'm going to live and I'm not going to die? I want to speak to every person in this room who felt like you at death's door. That you have much to do for the kingdom and know it's not your time to die yet. I want to speak prophetically the word given to Hezekiah 15 more years. Somebody ought to praise God for life in the room today. That I'm going to live to see it happen. Every prophecy, every promise, I am going to live to see it happen. Because I'm going to speak what I see. Somebody ought to begin to speak life over your family. Begin to speak life over your children. Speak life over your spouse. And speak life over yourself. Whatever the enemy tried to do to me. God said, I'm going to turn that thing around for you. For I know that all of those things work together. For the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to what? His purpose. Somebody ought to shout, I got to speak what I see. Because there's death and life and the power of time. I gotta speak what I see. And I'm not looking through my natural eyes, but I'm looking through the eyes of my Heavenly Father. People thought you were gonna stay a drug at it. People thought you were gonna stay tipping and different. But when you came along, all things are passed away. And behold, He has made all things new. I gotta speak what I see through my Father's eyes. Lord have mercy, I feel it. My help coming on through there. So as I prepare to close out this message, I want to make my last and final point of argument today is make your move. Tell somebody, make your move. You got to get up. You got to start moving. You can't sit still because there's much work 
to be done. We look in verse 45 and 46. It says, And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. He had to make a move, and on the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, and he had to make a move. And I want to encourage you to don't let nothing stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Don't let nothing keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Don't let nothing you from doing what God has called you for to do. Don't let nothing deter you from the plan of God for your life. Why do you say that, Pastor Kids? Because I heard the Bible say in Philippians chapter 3 verse 14, it says I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I don't matter what I see around me, I want to press my way. People are talking about me, but I'm going to press my way. People don't believe in my dreams, but I'm going to press my way. People don't want to support me, but I'm going to press my way. Because I know that there's a prize and a high calling in Christ Jesus. And you may not be pressing your way through the muck and the mouth and the miry clay, but you may be like Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember ye not the form of things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Somebody got that right there. It shall spring forth, and you shall know it. And I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I come to prophesy to somebody today that God's about to make a way where it seemed like it was no way to be made. Somebody say, God, He is a way maker. God is a promise keeper. He's going to do the impossible. When man said you can do it, God says, I gave you access. When man denied you, God said, oh, hold up. I got the last say so. When man said, God, see about the last say so about your future. And no matter if you're going through, I want to encourage you in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. For this cause we faint not, but thou art when man perish and we are afflicted and we are bruised but yet our inner man is renewed day by day for our light affliction this small little thing is just for a moment because it's working for us an eternal weight of glory that can't be compared is there somebody say I want the glory to fall on me is there anybody says I need the glory I need the glory in my life I need the glory on my job I need the glory in my life. I need the glory so can you see what I see well my brothers and my sisters we find in one of my favorite scriptures one of the most interesting stories ever it's Daniel chapter 3 verse 25 and 24 and 25 it says then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped in alarm he said to his advisors, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied. They said, look, I see four men not tied walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth man that's in the fire looks like the Son of God. Can I speak to somebody in this room today? 
that people thought that you was going to die in the fire. People thought you was going to give up in the fire. But I spy with my little eye a victorious generation, an overcoming generation, a strong generation that says, I put my trust in the Lord and lean to my own understanding. For in all of my ways, I will acknowledge Him and He will. And direct my path. Is there anybody in this room that can say, I want the Lord to lead me? I want Him to guide me. Order my steps in your word, oh God. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Somebody will begin to say, Lord, order my steps. Lord, order my spouse steps. Lord, order my children's steps. Lord, order my brothers and sisters' steps. Lord, order my family's steps, Lord. There are some people that I can see and with my natural eye they're going down destruction. They're going down the road the wrong way. But God, I want to see them with your eyes, God. I want to see them the way you see them, God. I want to see them, Lord, in the broken but when I see them, I see them made whole. I see them made well. Because I can speak to a thing and I can declare out of my mouth that I shall have what I see. Is there anybody say I can speak a thing into the atmosphere that you have power from on high? Just like Acts said, that the Spirit of the Lord came into the place when all the people were together on one accord. And he began to descend himself through the Holy Spirit upon each of the people. And they began to speak in different tongues at the Spirit in utterance. I wonder, is there anybody can say, I can see him coming? Because it sounds like an abundance of rain getting ready. To hit world changers. It's about to wash up some stuff. It's about to clean out the house. It's about to bring in a new wave of glory. Is there anybody in here that can say, I can hear and I can see the abundance of rain? The servant didn't see it right now, but he had to wait until God began to perfect that thing. And sometimes you gotta wait. But the Bible says, don't wait. Till the battle is over. You want to shout right now. Is there really much I'm going to shout right now? The song said, I'm going to praise you in the middle of it. Whatever you're going through, no matter the problem, big or small, he's the God of them all. Is there anybody in the room that can say, I spy with my little eye a breakthrough happening in my family? I spy with my little eye generation curses are being broken. Today is a new day. Rise and shine and give God all the glory because I can see what my father sees. Is there anybody can say, I see myself free indeed. Every chain, every word coast spoken over my life. Today is the day I've been made free. Whom the sun set free is true.
really free indeed. Is there anybody in the room that can say, I can see the rain coming. I can see the rain coming. The rain represents light. The rain represents a refreshing. And I come to prophesy to world changes here. That you're entering into a season of the refreshing. God's about to sit through a refreshing in the house. A renewal in the house. He's getting ready to do it over again. His first went over again. Because the Bible says that he that has begun a good work in here is going to complete it until the day of the Lord. Is there anybody say, I receive God, the refreshing God, I receive God, the revival in my spirit, I receive God, what you want to do in my family, I receive in God, no matter the problem, God, I receive the promises of God, which are yes and amen, somebody shout yes, somebody shout amen, somebody shout yes, somebody shout amen, somebody shout yes. Lord have mercy. Somebody shout yes in the room. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. If you look at the text, it tells us that the heavens was black and the clouds and the wind and there was a great rain. Some of us, we be running in the house. But the men of God said, we got to get to Jezreel. We got to make a move. We can't stay in the same place we used to. We can't do the same old thing we used to. Because after this pandemic, something ought to shift it in the kingdom of God. Oh, glory to God. I should be able to speak a thing. And that thing ought to begin to happen. I was speaking with one of our associate pastors yesterday as I was traveling home. I was driving for four, five hours yesterday. I said, Jesus. And I began to tell him, I said, you know, this pandemic ought to give us some encouragement to those who have a prophetic gift and who believe that I can lay hands on the sick and they recover. I said, when man tells us that you can't touch people, I ought to have a voice in my mouth that we to speak a word and know that my word is going to meet the need, my God. And when they tell me to shut up, I don't have enough sense to lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover. And even if you don't have hands to lay hands, and even if you don't have a mouth to speak, we start talking about the uh, brother Moses in the beginning when the Lord told him to take his shoes off, that he's on the Holy God. I ought to be able to step up on the scene and something ought to begin to happen. That's a shit ought to begin to happen. Because even in the New Testament, the shadow of the prophet healed the man. So man may say, don't do this, but then still God gives us strategies to get his work done. Lord have mercy. But will you let the wind, will you let what you see around you stop you from doing what God has called you forth to do? As I go to my seat, we know that Jesus is our perfect example. As we look at another picture of this text, we must see this picture that Elijah, who is praying to the Lord on behalf of Israel, he is the one who is on the mountain pleading with the Lord to bring about his will. Elijah does what the people need to do, and that's to pray. We ought to always pray 
We need a righteous one to plead on our behalf. We need great prophets and intercessors to come and plead to the Lord to bring his mercy back to us. So much calamity going on in this world. And as a future educator, I was looking, um, I think it was this past week or last week, where the school got shot up in Texas. I said, Jesus, is this the new normal we're talking about? What we're going to do? We're going to sit by and let it keep going on? Jesus. We need the great prophets and ancestors begin to proceed for the mercies of God. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, will you seek the face of God and turn from your wicked ways and he will hear and he will forgive and heal the land. I believe there's some people in this room that says, Lord, I want you to heal this land. I'm tired of seeing our brothers gunned down in the streets. I'm tired of seeing fathers and sons gunned down in the streets. Children can't even go to school and get an education for foolishness. Lord, I need your mercy. I need you to heal the land. But he want to know, can you see what I see? A people who are rebellious. Can you see what I see? For his person that I want a people that can worship me and spirit and the truth. But are we giving him what he wants? Are we just praying silly prayers? Expecting him to do nothing, but we do nothing for him. You can't go to the bank and expect to get uh, uh, get money out when you don't make a deposit. You gotta put something in in order to get something out. Lord have mercy. I gotta hurry and get to my seat. And it says it's come to plead unto the Lord to bring his mercy. We need to see that this was foreshadowing of our Savior Jesus. He pleads with the Lord on our behalf, interceding for us so that we can enjoy the overflow of God's blessing. Aren't you grateful for Jesus? He sees you beyond your faults. And he still loves you anyway. Why? When people saw you, said, Ooh, I remember when you used to. I remember when you did that. Because I, God said, I'm open and I see forgetfulness and never remember that thing again. I see you as a child of the most high. Can you see what I see? Romans 8:31 says, when these what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son. This is how we know that he will graciously give us all things. How can we enjoy these blessings from the Lord? You have Jesus who is pleading on our behalf so that we can enjoy the blessings of God. How do I know? It's because one night our Savior was betrayed and handed over to man. They beat him, they whipped him, and they spit on him, they mocked him and called him names. 
However, they could not see what he could see. They put a crown of thorns on his head and nailed him to a cross. And he declared that it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. So he died and they placed him in a tomb. They thought they had won. They thought they had the victory. They thought they had defeated King Jesus. But what they did not know was he was on an assignment to take the sting out of death. Because he saw into our future. So he went to hell for us so that we don't have to see hell because he loves us so much that he defeated the grave for us. Can you see what he sees? That was the good news. But the great news is that early on that third day, Jesus, our Jesus got up out of the grave. He rose with all power and he says, aren't you glad today that Jesus got up out of the grave? Somebody ought to bless him in this room, but he got up out of the grave with all power and his hands to say, send me in strength and worship, please. Can we stand all over this room and begin to reverence the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords? That He gives us the eyes to see what He sees in us. That He shows us beyond our natural eye can see. Show us who people really are. Show us those who are trying to be something that they're not. Show us the people the real them. That our discernment is on a whole new level. Show us, God. Lord, allow us to see what you can see in the spirit. Oh, God, that we can see a spirit when they walk in the room. And we can go ahead and begin to intercede and pray and cast that spirit out in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you today. As we are in this room in this very moment, Lord, I pray over world changes empowerment center. That you're refreshing your wind of glory is hitting this house and shifting that wood in the whole Oh God, I feel your presence right here. Jesus. Begin to worship him, Jesus. Oh, we go in the name of Jesus. Every knee has got to bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord Jesus. We worship you. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for the intercessors in this house. Lord God, that you give them even a sharper discernment to see any attack that tries to come against this place. That they're already in a scene before the attack try to show up. God, I thank you for the prophetic anointing that rests on this house. To see in the spirit what it is that you have for your people. Lord, I thank you for eyesight. I thank you for vision of the leader of this house. The vision of this house shall go forth in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Chapman. We thank you for Lady Chapman. Lord, we thank you for the leaders of this house. Lord, give them strength, Lord God, to 
continue to see what it is that you have for them to see. And Lord, I pray for the people who may not can see what they can see. That everyone comes in subjection to submission to the leadership of this house. There's no fighting in this house. Love, joy, peace, harmony, rest in this house. We thank you, Lord, for a teachable spirit in this house. We thank you for faithful people in this house. We thank you for available people in this house. We thank you for teachable people in this house. As the framework of the vision has been given to the leader, we thank you now, God, that those will catch on to the vision. As he has written the vision, made it plain, those who have run with it to begin to see what they can see. We give you honor, we give you glory.